Yeah, like every, it seems like every film we watch, they do a lot to explain why Ernest is the way he is. Right. And they kind of take advantage of what's already canon. Right. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the future one talked about, like, you know, the, the warrior will have a... A baseball cute cap. colored yeah, hat yeah. and a denim, and a, a vest. vest of denim. Yeah, yeah. Like they really like whoever's writing these, which I think is the same team, yeah. are really like using what they have to create kind of a, a world. Anyway, yeah. so we flash a hundred years into the future and we meet Ernest. He is a sanitation worker. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of middle school friends. And he's um, got a little sidekick dog named oh. Rimshot. Oh my God, that is a cute dog. That is a very cute dog. It and, is. And he is the cutest. He's a great actor. He's a star. Everything's on cue. That that dog hits his mark every time. I love a dog every who's beat. got like a finger tail. Yeah. It's very cute. Uh, yeah, rimshot rules. Uh, so Ernest, riding shotgun is yeah, rimshot. Right. He's a sanitation worker. I thought he was like the the school sanitation worker because they introduce his friendship with the kids, but I think he's, he's actually general. works for the town. Yeah. Um, his his main homies at the middle school are Kenny and yeah. Elizabeth. Yep. And there's our, a our third, heroes, our then there's heroes. a third guy, Joey. Yeah. And I was joking that the character of Joey reminds me so much of when I was a kid and I would make my own movies, just like with my friends. And it would be like Joey had to practice for his bar mitzvah, so he wasn't there for half the movie. Like, there's so many pivotal scenes which are supposed See, to be all the kids and Ernest, but yeah. then it's just the two kids and not Joey, and yeah, it's not Joey, clear why. Joey shows up a little late uh, to the setup because you have this setup in the school where Kenny's getting bullied by this really mean kid, classic bully, and he's actually the son of the mean mayor, so meanness runs in their blood. But we set up the bully in there, who I forget his name. We got Kenny Elizabeth, but Joey is nowhere to be seen. No, and then later they're inseparable best friends. And you're right. like, where was Joey earlier? Right. It's crazy. Um, anywho, so the kids are getting bullied. They need to build a tree, or they want, they are want to build a treehouse, I think. They want to build a treehouse because they had a haunted house that which was they so cute. put together. Which is another reason I love this as a kid. So I used to make haunted houses every year. So they have this cool little haunted house that you get to enjoy for two minutes of screen time, and then all of a sudden it starts shaking. The heroes run out, the kids, and they see the bullies are tearing down their haunted house. So they run to Ernest. And Ernest like, is like, what do we you, do? Like, what we need to do is do a, a tree house so that we can kind of Higher be ground. safer from our bullies. Yeah. So Ernest is like, leave it to me. Yeah. Um, he takes them on a little jaunt. Yeah. Through the woods where he talks about Botswana for not really any and the reason. Yeah, and the fighting the Ottomans. But it's it's not necessarily uh, poorly handled. Like, it's it's the Botswanians are heroes. Yeah. But then they introduce the this reoccurring thing that we'll talk more about later. But it's described as Ernest's multiple personalities. And Ooh. that, like, was crazy to me. So... In other Ernest properties, we've seen him kind of like Eddie Murphy style. Right. Play a lot of different characters. The um, woman in the neck brace. Right. Netta? Nettie? Right. I think it's Nettie. Nettie or Netta? Yeah. Something like that. And yeah. then um, usually like a, a British the gentleman. Control, the the pest control guy because he had to go through the gates. Right. Exactly. So in all other Ernest movies, those are real characters that exist outside the world. But in this one... 
they only exist in Ernest's mind? Well, I think, I think those characters in those other movies was his disguises that he had to put on a character in That's order to right. get something done. So it's Ernest playing those playing parts. Playing those parts, because he's like, let me put on this outfit to get us the thing we need. You're right, you're right. But in this one, yeah. it's slightly different in that I think... I think we're meant to assume that the people he's interacting with are just seeing him out of costume. Right. But he's, but now the film is telling the story of his multiple personalities, which I thought was and I think a step too far. The phrase multiple personalities, I would argue that, I don't know if, it, if it's really multiple personalities. What I got was that he likes to tell a story. And as we know, he always does character voices. Yeah, and so, so do I. So I, I thought that he that. was just doing character voices, but for the fun of the movie, they show these quick cuts of him in full wardrobe of these other characters just to give some flash, I think, to it. But the kid makes fun of him and goes, you and your multiple personalities. Yeah, but it wasn't clear to yeah. me whether it was like supposed to be taken like United States of Terra mm -hmm. or if it was supposed mm -hmm. to just be like a fun little it's break fuzzy. from the action. Yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, nonetheless, the kids set up in the yeah. treehouse. Lo and behold, the tree that they've chosen is like on the bones of where they banished the troll oh lo so many years ago. In, from the prologue where they buried the troll. And um, there is a kind of mentor character. Played who by I, a wonderful, magnetic, uh, and beautiful Eartha kid. Nobody liked her. Nobody liked her. And she's best, great in this part. She's best really voice great. in the world. Yeah. Best, this is real best voice. presence. Best everything. Yeah. It was just so great to see her. And she kind of fills Ernest in on what's going on with the trolls. Yeah. And that he is directly descending from the person that curse is on. Right. And then in classic Ernest kind of like Harlequin um, uh, Comedia del Arte fashion. He's like, and she told me that if I said these three words, ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba, then the troll would come out. And they're like, Ernest, you just said the words. Like, uh... And then the ground starts shaking, and uh-oh, we've got a awakened troll on our hands. Yes, and this is where we get to what I think sets this Ernest movie, not only apart from the other movies, Ernest films, but also what just makes it a good movie, especially a good scary movie for kids. I can't which wait to hear what you're going to say. The practical effects and oh, the makeup yeah. for these trolls are not cheesy. Like they're done with like real detail and you can see and smell how gross these trolls are. Like they really went all out with the prosthetics of these trolls. Yeah. Which I think adds a lot of real danger to what's happening. They, keep, they feel very real. Well, yeah. yeah, and I think it's definitely dangerous if you're a little kid and you're scared. But as an adult, watching a kid's movie that has effects at this level, it does, like, put you in a different vibe. Yes. Because you're like, this has been taken very seriously. Yeah. Like, this has been designed by someone who's, work. like, a professional. This, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's not really on brand for Ernest, necessarily. Yeah. It's kind of a departure because usually... If there's something weird or something kind of otherworldly, it's yeah. like very um, two-dimensional or like tacky and kind of fun. Right. Um, there was a lot of that in the Christmas one. With, totally. With the portrayal of Santa and the, and the um, I almost said werewolves. What does Santa no, the, have? The reindeer. Reindeer. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. I wish there were werewolves in that. We're still <laughs> Santa in the Halloween zone here. Santa is yeah. werewolves. Howling around. <laughs> Blitzen. Yeah, on, on bloody, <laughs> on fangs, on oh, the, yeah. God. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the quality of the special effects and yeah. the quality of the makeup and the performances of the trolls. We kind of likened it too to the Jim Henson's like darker films like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and that you know that they're puppets or you know that they're suits, but they're done with, with such gravitas and like real commitment that it it's like, oh yeah, this is a kid's movie, but this thing's like, maybe they'll actually eat somebody. Like, it actually raises the stakes. There's a scene, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but there's a scene where then Ernest decides that once he talks to Eartha Kitt, she tells him, you're the only one that can save us because it was your ancestor that put him there, so it's your job to get him to out. Fix it. And he's really scared at first. But the more Eartha Kitt talks to him, he gets excited, and you see him kind of getting all these troll paraphernalia stuff, and then he ends up trying to make a troll trap in a dumpster. <laughs> and he calls it the, the troll motel, thinking it's going to lure in a troll, and he can trap it. And sadly, to the point that Josh was just making, like he traps the bullies by mistake instead. And once again, the mayor, the cop, all these other characters look down he's on him. He's got Ernest. egg on his face, yeah, because once he's, again. he's acting like you know a child would. That's like, I'm going to catch Santa, or I'm going to catch a werewolf, mm -hmm. and they've made this kind of childish trap. Right. But nobody in the adult world, certainly, and right. not even the kids at that point, really, right. are um, fully aware of how serious the troll problem is, except for Eartha Kitt. Her character's name is Old Lady Hackmore. Right. Old Lady Hackmore is great. And she explains what is all involved in the curse, which is right. basically this kind of cryptic, sing-songy... Mm -hmm break the spell, kind of like a la Wizard of Oz. Um, so needed to break the spell is the heart of a child and a mother's care. Right. And we're spending the bulk of the movie kind of like interpreting what exactly that means and how to defeat the trolls. But also she explains that what the troll does is turns life-size children into like chocolate bunny-sized <laughs> Um, wooden replica, like wooden, wooden dolls. dolls. Wooden dolls. And harnesses their energy? And so what you see happening is the troll makes his first victim out of sidekick Joey, who is, you realize, he was really good his movie to become a wooden doll. Yeah. But so you see him, basically he latches onto a kid, this troll, and then these like magic swirls of colors fly around, the next thing you know the kid's a wooden doll. And apparently... The troll takes the doll to back to the tree where he came from. So the idea is if they get six wooden kids to fill these six spots, these little holders, uh, in this tree, that then you'll get these baby trolls will grow out of the tree. And when they start to sprout out at first with each new kid that's put in there, it's like a little green strawberry, like little scales. So it's like popping out. And then they slowly will drop to the ground and grow a troll. Mm -hmm. Like, first it's a strawberry, then it's like a Brussels sprout, then it's yeah. like an artichoke. Yeah. It's like that app that tells you how big your baby is. That's exactly what it is. So, like, right see how big your, your troll baby is. is. Yeah. Your baby is the size of an acorn squash. Right. So, we know the lore of defeating Trantor. Right. Is the sort of cryptic message that we've heard from Eartha Kitt that right. she's read directly from her magic spell. Mm -hmm. um, or her, ma what is it called? Like a book. A book right. of, you know spells a spooky book right and it's that he or she who defeats the troll must have the heart of a child and the 
Mother's care. Mother's care. Mother's care. Right. So then that comes into play when we, we discover, kind of through an accident, that trolls are kind of detested by milk. And it's not completely obvious at first. Like, they run into a truck, like a dairy truck, and it kind of they kind of, like, run the other way. And then later, in a big climactic scene, mm -hmm. when all the baby trolls... I mean, Elizabeth's been turned. Yeah, Elizabeth gets turned Joey's into... long wooden. Like, right. everybody... Like, the mayor's kids, the bully kids, are also made of wood at this right. point. And Ernest kind of has it out with Trantor. Mono a mono. Right. And that's when Ernest kind of falls backward into a soft-serve machine. Right. Emerges with his hands outstretched, covered in milk product. Right. And that's when Trantor, like, starts short-circuiting. And... We finally make the connection, like, oh, mother's care. Which mother's somehow means milk. milk? That's which is it really was so, gross. It's so yeah. gross to think of, like, milk and say, oh, yeah, mother's care. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're going to have cereal and with put, mother's yeah, care. Yeah, put mother's care in there. It was very gross. Yeah, it's rough. And but it ends up being a decoy anyway. Because the real mother's care is a little bit more complicated. It is, and we'll get there. But okay. the, the sad part is that what comes with this knowledge of knowing how to defeat these trolls... Uh, as he's turning all these kids, more and more kids into wooden dolls, is that he turns Rimshot into a wooden dog. Oh my god. So Chalk even though they get the knowledge that how to stop a troll, Rimshot, sadly, is a casualty uh, while trying to defend his master, Ernest. He becomes like a paperweight. Yeah, he becomes a little Rimshot the paperweight. It's very sad. And I remember as a kid, that was a big moment for me. He freezes, like, you know how dogs look extremely sad when they, like, put their yeah. paws over their little nose? And they just look like they've been told to, like, yeah. go screw. Yeah. Like, go sit in the corner. He's real a sad bad boy. Real sad. And I, as a kid, when I saw that, that scene in the movie, the theater, when I saw this movie, I remember that was a real big moment because as a kid seeing those kind of movies, seeing horror films where people die, I had no way of knowing that there was any chance that maybe these kids could get turned back. To reality. So I thought right. Rimshot was dead, just like all these other kids. And they still exploit that in kids' movies. Right. Like in Frozen, when she turns into like a frozen hunk of ice. Right. Like it's not, it's not clear till they really, they really milk it. Not to, hey. not to bring it back to <laughs> Rimshot. Really, oh, God. Hey. No, 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 no. I apologize hey. to the listener. Um, no, I mean, they really, they really make, make that moment they stretch. Do. They or do. you don't know for sure if, if it's going to be okay for the main character. Well, and, I, and I think that the, that the sad part is, is that it spurs on Ernest to fight harder, to try to figure out how to get rid of these goons. He wants vengeance for yeah, the rimshot. How to get rid of these, these trolls. But the funny thing is, so like, you know, he's always throughout the whole movie, just like in every movie, he always goes above and beyond to to try to get all the uh, the paraphernalia he always needs to get a job done. He's really big into paraphernalia. And so we actually reintroduced, when he's trying to prep for fighting trolls, we're reintroduced to these two goons, these two clowns, who we are not fans of. Um, I refuse to acknowledge them, really. And, and the one with no teeth is really horrifying. Yeah. Look, it's even upset the dog. Even the dog's upset. But yeah, so those two guys, uh, now in, in this universe, this version They're of brothers, brothers and entrepreneurs brothers. and hardware store owners, and they 
are really excited about the troll the 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 marketability of having a troll in their town. Right. So they're like marking up all of their wares. So poor Ernest comes in and they put troll in front of everything. So troll hammer, troll fly swatter, troll everything. And poor Ernest thinks that, well, I guess I got to get my troll hammer if I'm gonna it's get like rid of these trolls. It's like a wedding. He's just like slapping Meghan Markle on all of his costumes yeah, and, and selling him for twenty bucks. It's terrible. Too. And also the receipt that they give Ernest for all this stuff is like over a grand. I don't know how how a guy with a sanitation salary can pay for troll paraphernalia in one day, one sweep, you know, over a grand is nuts. But so basically their whole purpose in this movie is to once again show like kind of the charlatan nature of these kind of side characters, kind of Rosencrantz, Guildenstern types. And then they come back later at the end of the movie uh, only to be chased off with the rest of the town by the trolls in the big climactic sequence. Look, I didn't like them when they were the Exeronius guys. I didn't like them when they were the shipping container ranger right. boys. We, we do have one interesting bit of trivia, though, is that for whatever reason, <laughs> uh, the guy, not the skinnier, real lean, older guy, but the other guy uh, of the two characters, of the two goons, for some reason is now replaced by a different actor for this one film. They didn't say anything about why in any of the research that we did, but my own personal theory, judging from IMDb, is that Ernest Scared Stupid came out in 1991. Right. Um, this particular actor also was in several movies that same year. One up. of which was Fried Green Tomatoes, which is a pretty big yeah. movie for the time. So my suspicion is that he just couldn't be bothered to right. do an Ernest movie, so they got kind of a look-alike, sound-alike, right. equally annoying pompous. Yeah, very similar. Charlatan. They look a little different, but they, you know, very similar. If I could have picked one that I would have wanted replaced, it would be the toothless, skinny one. Sure. But, well, you know, we can't always get what we want. I feel like they're probably thinking in their head, like, nobody can replace that guy. No. Like, he's too unique, that's why, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, apparently that, the other guy had a big ear, so they replaced him only for this one earnest one, because then all the ones that followed, it's back to the other guy. Which is kind His of His schedule cleared up. His schedule cleared up big time. So at this point, like, the stakes have been raised because, like, you know, Elizabeth now has been turned, and that's right after, you know, she gives Kenny uh, a kiss, you know. And I remember, like, the thing is about this movie is that, like, seeing this as a little boy, Kenny was kind of the audience surrogate, uh, especially for me, as a little boy seeing Ernest scared stupid, and so, as he starts getting away over his head, like, I remember thinking, like, man, I wish I was like Kenny. I wish I had, like, a friend like he Ernest. He had a mushroom we cut were, to aspire to. We were fighting trolls together, you know. Uh, so, you really, you feel him as his friends start dropping like flies. Uh, and then he, too, ultimately, in the climax of the film, uh, is turned into a wooden doll. Once all those little seedlings have fallen from the tree, and now it's like an army of trolls that are attacking everyone. Um, he, he too is turned into a doll and it's a really sad moment. I was such a sucker for movies as a kid, I, you know, like, like Psycho, where like the main character, the protagonist is suddenly swiftly outed from the film or killed. So when Rimshot was going, I already was in shock. And then when Kenny himself is turned into a doll, I thought, you gotta be kidding me. Like this movie's pulling out all the stops, you know, as a I little kid, it really shocked me. To Hitchcock. From yes. Ernest to uh, Psycho. Yeah, this prepped me for that. That surprises. I wanted to quickly mention also the 
the female representation was not good. Um, no. I did think it was funny that clearly the wardrobe person had like the same uh, little outfit details for all the moms. Because there yeah. was like a warm color mom right. who wore like high waisted jeans with right. a belt and like a warm colored like mustard top. Mm -hmm. And then there was the cool tone, like gel toned right. mom who had the exact same jeans, exact same belt, but like her turtleneck was like teal. Right. Um, and all of their lines were completely interchangeable. Their, their body type, hair color, everything was yeah. like, they all could have just been, they probably drew from a hat, which was going to be totally. Kenny's mom and which yeah. was going to be Elizabeth's mom. Yeah. They all were like, I can't believe you did this. We've been looking all over for you or come on, put on your costume. It's getting late. I don't want to hear one more word about a troll. Right. So, um, in other Ernest movies, there's been like actively sort of problematic female representation, but in this, there was just like a lack of, of any. <laughs> yeah, none of them are. Yeah. It wasn't bad so much as it was just like under, underrepresented. There were no, there were no sidekicks that were female. Like in the Christmas one, right. where there was like the troubled youth. Mm -hmm. There was, mm -hmm. there wasn't really, Elizabeth turned to wood too early to, excuse me, too to much. really have an arc. Yeah. Um, what else can we say besides the climax was a surprising Well, I think the, the other crazy thing, we've been seeing like a lot of 80s horror films. And like the big thing that we've noticed is that there's always the, the poor kid or teenager who's trying to prove the existence of some monster or killer or spirit that's going to wreak havoc on the town to their cop father. Yeah, it is something of a trope. Yeah, whether it's Nightmare on Elm Street, um, uh, what's the other one? Halloween. Halloween. Mm -hmm. um, there's all these characters where like they have the cop dad, Monster Squad, and they, they do all this, and then the kid's always trying to get them to believe them. And that didn't surprise me, but what really surprised me was that at the end of the movie, the cop dad in this film, because it is a family film, it's an earnest film, he does have a turn where he not only says to his son Kenny that wow you were right he apologizes. Uh, and that I was wrong yeah. but he apologizes like I'm gonna try to listen to you more now which blew me away because you just never see well, that out of why, that trope and that, that's in just like movie. you said that's exactly why it's a family it's a Halloween family movie right. not like a horror movie. right true but in considering that trope in other horror movies I'm like midway through sort of formulating a, a hypothesis about um, cop dads and how it applies like morality policing so your dad when you're living under his roof it's his business to kind of for right. lack of a better word like police your morals right but when you have like a father cop in mm -hmm. a horror movie i think it is kind of representative of that blurred line that people seem to be having trouble with in today's climate of like cops aren't there to make you do the thing that they wish that you would do moralistically right right like, totally they're supposed to keep you safe. They're supposed right. to be like, you know, abiding by the law. It's not like, oh, I didn't like the way you said that, young man. Right. But a cop dad, especially in a horror movie, which is all symbolic anyway, right. is kind of like illustrating that very clearly. So I'm like working on a more eloquent way to like put those two thoughts together. But nonetheless, the film comes to a riveting conclusion. Right. Um, when Ernest finds the true finds out the true meaning 
of the kind of sing-songy phrase imparted to him by Eartha Kitt's character, um, and finds out that the heart of the child and a mother's care has much more to do with unconditional love than yeah. milk right. or anything else. Right, which is in um, itself some interesting propaganda. Like, kids, like, drink milk. And then you can also fight trolls with That's it. true. It's a lot it's of like, like Americana milk, propaganda. Milk here, can like, save you from a lot of things, yeah, exactly, young man. Exactly. There's a great scene in a convenience store where the kids get rid of all the other trolls, not the main one, but all the other ones, by realizing they just need to get super soakers <laughs> packed with milk. That was my favorite And they're going to squirt these trolls away. And that was really fun. Like, that was a fun kids' yeah. movie thing. It had a Home Alone vibe. Totally. It was creative. It was fun. Um... And I agree that, that that beat of an earnest movie toward the end when everyone believes him and knows he's the hero is always so short. And he always resets at the next story. Yeah. It's... Like, he's never... Like, nobody... Everyone has such a short memory in this town. Yeah. They're not like, hey, you saved us, like, this last summer at camp. <laughs> or, like, yeah. you know, I'm not, it's not ultimately clear to me if it's, like, in a continuation or, or how it's structured, right. but... He really does like have to prove himself as a low status person over and over yeah. again. And he is really humble. Like he doesn't say like, Yeah, maybe you guys should listen to me more. He's just like, I'm just glad everybody's okay. Even Rimshot. Right. The the inherent tragedy of, of Ernest is that he has to prove himself time and time again. He's too good for the world. He's yeah. too good for us. And but I think that I think that there's something um, oddly sobering about that too. And I think that the the reason those characters exist is I think there's this idea in there that no matter how hard you try like unless you're in that echelon of the mayor or these like high status people that like you're scrambling and fighting to be heard to be seen to be and understood it, that's a good point you know? and it wasn't a part of this narrative the way it was with the camp counselor thing like he didn't have um, an actionable goal to be among them like in this one he just kind of he understood it was his responsibility to rid the world of trolls because it's his destiny. But he wasn't—he doesn't aspire to be. Uh, I mean, he wants to be loved. That, that's in every earnest. Right. That's built right. into his DNA. Right. But he's not like he wanted to be mayor or he wanted to be recognized. He just wants people to be nice to each other and to themselves and to him. Right, and I think there's something you know. There's something kind of tied in with that sadness, and we kind of reference this. Uh, I think on our first podcast with Ernest Goes to Camp and that he might have been to Vietnam. And we, you know, it's kind of thrown away. And there's another throwaway moment where he's with Kenny and he's like, you know, I had kind of a rough home life or I didn't really know my dad or something. It is. It's a punchline. It's a punchline I can't remember there. the setup exactly, but the punchline I remember is, I didn't know my dad very well. Right. And that, that one moment says so much for why he's such a good dad in a way. He's raising to all Kenny, these kids, yeah. To Kenny here in this movie while his dad's off being this negligent cop. Uh, so then you kind of get a sense that, like, Ernest in all these movies is always trying to be the good uh, parental person with values to all these teenagers in all these films. That's why it makes me cry. So, in the end, Ernest realizes that to defeat the troll, he needs to exhibit unconditional love. Which he does. He hugs the troll. He ballroom dances with the troll. Yeah. He gives it a little smooch on its snotty nose. Yeah. And that's what obliterates it. 
Yeah. Um, which is a little bit of a mixed message. <laughs> but it is funny. Love kills is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, kissing listen is Listen up, kids. Bad. Milk, milk is good for milk you. Milk is good and, uh, and kissing is bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and everyone is grateful to Ernest. He's a hero for the last frame, you know? Actually, the last frame ends with Eartha Kitt giving, like, a knowing smile. Because... All the kids who were Windolls turned back into real oh, people. Oh, right. Good point. So, and so, right. and that was like a big hero moment. So everybody loves Ernest. Kenny's Include, back. King's Elizabeth's back. back. Even the wooden dolls of Eartha Kitt's siblings yeah, or ancestors from, opening, from another from time, time. Yeah, come back as well. Because she kept their dolls. And so their dolls turned back into real people. And they look at her. <laughs> From this other time, like, like time bonnets. travelers. Yeah. And they look at her and they're like, Sister, why do you look so old? And she's like, We got a lot of explaining. Like, like, oh, a lot, lot to tell you. I'll you tell know? you. I'll later. tell you a long story. Also, never mind the fact that that would mean that Eartha Kitt's character is like over one. Yeah, it's, years it's old. insane. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And like, they just wake up like they're, they took a long nap. They're like, right. What's going on? Like, they're not like, What is that car? They're just yeah. sort of like, what, Cool. What the hell is going on? Here? Why are you so old? Right. It's wild. So then, of course, everybody's celebrating because their family members have turned back into real life. But Ernest is forlorn there. You know, this hero, even though he saved everybody, because he's like, well, I guess everybody's gotten their loved ones back except for me. But then you hear a little bark, and a little oh, head of rim shot appears around God. the corner. And he comes running up, and it's beautiful. He ends with rim shot. He's a hero. Everything's good. It was great. It was really gave me a warm feeling. It had like a hocus pocus family, like it's a family Halloween movie, and it's a good one. Uh, yeah. The effects are incredible. Yeah. Um, really, a lot better than they needed to be. Yeah. And really uh, fun, scary, spooky, funny. Just like their heads are like three sizes too big, and yeah, it really gives it like a nice, a nice. It's a fun movie. A nice Jim Henson feel. Really does. Um, Hey, we want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. Happy Thanks for your Halloween. patience. We're, uh, you know, living and working through a pandemic, but we wanted to do another episode because we love Ernest so much, and now's the time we need him the most. And we hope so, you're all doing well through all this as well. Stay um, spooky. Stay happy and healthy. Stay tuned for our next episode, which hopefully will be uh, going back to what would have been in the order would have been Ernest Goes to Jail where we're going to expand hopefully further on this, uh, you know, propaganda that was kind of referenced in this film. This yeah. more institutionalized racism. Who knows whatever else Ernest is going to fight in the system. You know, he's always trying to fight against the system. I'm sure we will not see anything short of that in the next one. I can't wait. I love that guy. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.